the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Oh yeah, welcome back everybody. Man, we got a great show today. This one is pretty special. We have an NBA champion joining us. He won a championship with the Miami Heat with LeBron James. Ronnie Turioff is going to be joining us. And I, I'll tell you right off the get-go, I didn't get all super fan on him and ask him a bunch of cliche stuff, like a lot of you probably expected me to. I want to know about the deeper side of Ronnie Turioff. I want to know the background, what it was like growing up where he grew up, what it was like in the NBA, the challenges, what it was like after you know, what is he doing now? Spirituality, all that stuff that you don't get to know. That is the stuff that I care about, right? We got into sports a little bit, a bit of, obviously I had to ask him a couple of questions about sports, what his favorite um, team was and all that. But, um, you know, I really, really wanted it to be more about, you know, value and really digging into like a deeper, deeper story. So man, he was awesome. And we really connected right off the get go. You guys are going to love it. We're going to do an in-person interview whenever we meet in person, which is going to be, you know, hopefully within the next year or two. So you guys are going to love this. I'm so confident. If you haven't already, go subscribe. And at the end of the show, leave us a review, okay? I really appreciate it. Ronnie Turioff coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Strap on your seatbelts. It's going to be fun. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. My next guest played 10 years in the NBA where he won a championship in 2012 with the Miami Heat. He played 520 games and played on a few different teams such as the LA Lakers, Golden State Warriors, Washington Wizards, Minnesota Timberwolves, and of course, the Miami Heat. He is now retired and is creating a new path, a different path after basketball. And really excited to dive into his story on what he's up to and kind of on his journey through playing in the NBA before, after, playing college ball, and now where he's going. So really excited to have him on. Roni Turoff, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me, and I'm excited as well. So let's, let's get to it, my brother. Awesome, man. I'm so, super happy we connected. You know, I wanna, let's, let's get back. I know you're from France. You know, a lot, not a lot of people play NBA from France. So... Yeah. Um, maybe take us back, tell us a bit about your story, fill in the gaps and just tell us about yourself, man. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, yes, I definitely play for the French national team. That's a, that's a fact, right? But I think the, the, the even more important part of my story, I think is I'm from a small Island called Martinique, uh, growing up in the Caribbean, surrounded by water, just, uh, surrounded by just a, a different way of life. Uh, that even France is or America is, right? It was a very uh, beautiful island to grow up on, but I also grew up in, let's just say, the. I like to always talk about the not necessarily most sane uh, environment uh, around myself. And uh, I think that's kind of like, in a way, what sparked uh, my desire to make something for my, of myself, but also a desire to maybe escape that reality to recreate uh, a different one, right? So I lived in the Caribbean all the way until I was 14. And then after that, I uh, went to a charter school for six months 
in the Caribbean. I went to a different charter school in uh, France for three years. Then I moved to America to go to college. And I lived in America for 18 years. And now I'm talking to you about adversity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's fascinating because France, I mean, maybe tell us a little bit of the differences be- between, yeah. you know, obviously there's Paris, obviously yeah. um, Martinique. Like what were some of the main differences growing up that you had to learn going from one to the other, then eventually to the States, which is completely. For sure. I think, I think the main difference from when I was growing up, so let's just backtrack in the, in the late eighties and the early nineties. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the biggest thing that really, sh- not necessarily should be, but that really impacted me growing up in the Caribbean and then kind of like, sh- uh, I guess, molded me to view the world in a certain way. The, the island life is all about community. It's all about taking care of each other and really appreciating whatever we have. And maybe it's because we didn't have too much, right? Maybe it's because we didn't have so much that we, we valued all those and I like to call them sometimes the intangible, all the everyday moments that when you start having a lot, then you take some of those moments for granted. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that was the biggest difference for me. It's like, huh, I'm geared towards community driven. I'm geared towards everybody looking out for each other. And when that doesn't happen, I really didn't know how to react or what to do and what to make of this new reality that I was being faced in, right? And I think that was the biggest difference other than just trying to learn a a new language and on top of a new structure in a whole different country. Because regardless of what we want to say, uh, Martinique is a French department. It is part of France, uh, but it's not the same cultural language. The cultural code is different. So uh, I would say that was the biggest difference, the community aspect of, of, of... trying to survive life and everybody just doing it together. Did you always want to play basketball or did that just sort of happen? Okay. So if, if you really, I can go about answering this question in a couple of different ways. So uh, you tell me which side of the story do you want? Do you want the politically correct or do you want the truth? I want, I want whatever you want, man. I want the truth. I'll tell you the truth. Cool. Thank you for thank you for for that. So I mean, I never really wanted to play basketball. Um, uh, to be honest, I didn't even have a TV uh, until like 90, 1997. Uh, when my mom's friend bought a TV for like fifty bucks, and we only have three channels at home, right? And I remember just going to my friend's house one time, and I was like, "Oh, there's basketball playing." And I think I only stayed there for like 10, 15 minutes. And I think it was like the NBA Finals in 1997, like the Utah Jazz versus the Bulls, right? Oh, yeah. And funny enough, I went to Gonzaga, I mean, a couple of years later. Like, life is just yeah. so weird in a way sometimes, yeah. I mean, all the time. So basically, um, I was a very hyper, hyper kid, very passionate, just full of life. And um, I wanted to play soccer. I never really, I think throughout my life, and it has been a recurring theme that I'm trying to over, not overcome, but trying to embrace is, I just like to be part of communities. I like, I like to hang. I like to kick it. My life has been so hectic. Uh, not hectic. So uh, there was a lot of movement in my life constantly. So I have, an, I have an incredible 
ability to adapt to my environment. So the reason why I'm saying this is because I get in trouble because I get myself into an environment that's not necessarily aligned with what I'm trying to go. Mm. My dad catch me. We have some issues that we need to resolve. Uh, and then uh, an unfortunate thing happened where my mom had to go on vacation uh, to, to France and we didn't have enough money for me to go. And I had to go to do this low income, like, how do you say it? Low income, uh, vacation thing for young kids yeah so i went there and uh, as a physical there uh somebody saw that i was big that i was tall and talked to my dad about taking me to a basketball court uh, and the basketball like kind of like gathering and i went there and uh, i was terrible but i had this passion and this desire to just want to fight because i had a lot of anger on um, growing up uh, so I think for me, basketball became an outlet to unleash some of that extra energy that I had. And almost, I felt like a way of seeking validation through, through the eyes of others. So no, basketball was not my, what I wanted to do. And I don't even know what I really wanted to do other than play soccer and just hang out with my friend. I just like to hang, man. That's basically it. Yeah. And you, I like that you brought that up because having that outlet is important because it kind of keeps kids out of trouble. Right. And Big time. I was the same way growing up, you know, I played hockey, but if you don't, if you don't have some sort of outlet to go and channel all of that, that energy, you know, we're kids, right? We're full of so, piss, and, piss and vinegar, as they say, right? It's like, you got to channel that into something and it's super important. So I can definitely relate. And a lot of times these kids just have all this energy and they just get into trouble because there's nowhere else to go. Of course, right? of course, and I think, I think you mentioning the hockey, me mentioning the basketball, I hope that the listeners understand that it's, we, uh, I almost cussed, we, all of us, we live the exact same thing, the exact same story. We are all yeah. heroes. It's just a matter of the expression of it is slightly different, right? And regardless of what happened, we have that energy. So it's just a matter of being like, you know what? Let me just expand my energy in this area or whatever you want to do. And when you don't have that clarity or when you don't have the container to be able to choose or to try different stuff, you get yourself in trouble. And it's not because you, we are bad per se. It's because we are choosing to target the wrong target. That's basically what yeah. it is. Yeah, and it's who you're hanging around with. And, and it's Big usually... Time you get into trouble. You don't really have a mentor or somebody that's, that's helping you out to reach out. And it's, part of it. it's, it's that age. It's just such a, it's such a strange age. There's so much going on. And you know, at the time it feels like a pain in the ass sometimes going to sports, especially when you're, you know, you're, you're training and you're, you're like, why am I doing this? You know, but you don't realize those, those lessons, those things you're learning that you end up getting later on in life that you're like, wow, I'm glad I learned that. The intangible yeah. things, right? Hell yeah, man. Crazy. That's, like, That's why I love to be able to use sports as a vehicle to teach invaluable lessons. Um, yeah. You know, I think that's, that's all of us, we can learn from entrepreneurs and this and that. Like, yeah, this is great. And all of those lessons are applicable to everything. Whatever you learn in sports is the same thing. It's all about team. It's all about just playing for something bigger than yourself. It's all about just serving other people. I mean, it's like the exact same story. It's just a different outlet. And I think that's what makes the world a beautiful place. And 
I think it's cool for us to be able to connect and understand that whatever we are going through, regardless, I mean, it sucks. We, we know, we both know we don't like to do conditioning drills. We both know <laughs> we don't like to do none of that, We're doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over yeah. and over. You're like, ah, yeah. give me a break. Yeah. It's part of you. That's what makes us, uh, makes you break whatever mountain that you want to be able to break. It's funny because right now, um, so I'm doing this charity, I'm training for this charity boxing match in three months. We're raising money. This is kind of what we're talking about. We're helping these kids in Vancouver and in Canada, there's a problem with um, our East side. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of homelessness. There's a lot of underprivileged youth, at-risk youth. So what we're doing is I'm basically training for a fight in the next three months to raise money for these kids so that they have an outlet. They can go to boxing. So we teach them boxing, self-defense and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool, but it's funny because now I do, I'm doing the training, but those really hard workouts they're putting us through, I actually, as much as I hate when they're happening after I'm like, wow, I haven't had that. I haven't been pushed like that. And actually training for something that matters. It, you, sure. The whole perspective changes on on that train, the whole game of when you're training for a sport, you know, when you know that it's actually something meaningful and you've kind of learned the lessons over the years. Right. So it's sure. I mean, you definitely, and the cool thing about that is like, I think that's why it's so cool. And I commend you for doing that because you learn lesson from a different on a, from on a different part of sports. And now you are applying those lessons to something bigger than just yourself. And I think that's a testament of like the growth that you are going and also a wonderful opportunity to see that we can all do that. Right. We can all yeah. do that, and all of us, by choosing those opportunities, are empowering ourselves, giving ourselves permission to serve other people that actually need it. Like they yeah. need to just have that container to be able to go. And sometimes, and I really love what you talked about when you said to give those kids the opportunity to 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 do something is because all you need to do is to provide someone a container and just spark just one little thing yeah. in them. The job yeah. is done. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and just be there for them whenever they need you, but just spark something in them. So kudos to that. Good luck to your fight. Make sure you keep your hand up, bro. <laughs> yeah. Too hard, you know what I'm saying? Protect the body as well. So good luck. Good luck. Yeah, thanks, man. It's, um, but it's, it's interesting because to actually, you know, we, our day-to-day lives, they become sometimes mundane, right? And, and it's nice to have something that actually has some sort of impact. And when you start to do things that imp- have something bigger than you, it, it gives fulfillment, right? And I'm sure that you can understand and you, you're realizing it now too. It's like, yeah. yeah, we're all of us, a lot of us are similar. You know, we're all going for the same thing. We all want fulfillment and help people and give back, you know? You know, what are some of the things that you've realized kind of while you've made that transition? Like how different is that lifestyle? Because, you know, you're an NBA player, you're kicking ass, you're playing on these amazing teams, learning from these amazing players and winning championship. And then all of a sudden you're, you make this pivot into this, the, the regular world that you're not used to. You know, what yeah. was that? What was that like as far as your perspective on everything? <sighs> what was that like? <laughs> I mean, this, uh, this question is a question that I'm still honestly just figuring out. Uh, yeah. When we talked about doing doing um the, the the interview and we talked about the questions and all that stuff and i think that's my that is my biggest mountain that i have to figure out and not necessarily because it's uh it's a difficult things to do it's more about 
like, okay, what do I really want to get out of life? Um, yeah. in, in which area do I want to devote my time to? And also understanding like, okay, let me push pause of my life right now, right? Why did becoming a professional basketball player get me? Let's just, let's just be honest with ourselves, right? Yeah. Uh, the positive and the negative. Because it was not just positive, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, I think the one, number two, two things that came out of that is, I think the importance for me personally for Ronnie Turioff of peace in my life and the importance of creating amazing memories with my friends and family. Yeah. Those two things are like non-negotiable. Uh, and whereas in the past, for example, I was playing professional basketball, not really something that I really wanted to do, but I felt a duty to take care of my mom and my family for us not to have to worry about the money issue and the, and, and, and the safety issue and the house issue that we had um, growing up. But that came at a cost of my own internal peace where I was like, damn, what I really want to do every day is this, but I'm doing this. My mom sacrificed for us, so I got to do it too, right? So I think for me, those two things, it's peace and also um, making sure that I spend time with friends and loved ones. And I think the, the last one that is the underlying underneath that was like, bro, you got to treat people the right way, regardless of your selfish desires for your immediate needs or whatever it may be. You got to treat people the right way. And I think when you are a professional athlete, when I know, I take ownership, when I was a professional athlete, I realized uh, that in order for me to accomplish what I had to accomplish, I chose, or I had to regardless, I was very self-centered. It was always about me. I got to, I got to take my nap. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to rest. Because my life was basically 12 months of basketball. So I realized that it was more important for me to be a better son, to be a better brother, better cousins, whatever. That is more important to me than just chasing this illusion of acceptance through the world of sports. Yeah. It must have been <laughs> going, going from, you know, where you come from, somewhere where you didn't have a lot of money growing up and then going to somewhere and playing NBA. I mean, was that because you hear about it all the time, people going and and all of a sudden becoming, you know, rich and famous. And then they, they go through this crazy, like they, they spend all their money, they go through all this, you know, but that's, that's a form of adversity. Like it's a challenge because all of a sudden you're like, wow, what just, what the heck is happening right now? Right. And like, I've heard stories, but, I mean, what was that like when you're all of a sudden your, your life just changes like that for the better, but there's got to be challenges that come with that also. Hell yeah, there is yeah. challenges that come with that, bro. But you, uh, I think first before, like your life doesn't change like that. It took eight years to get to that point. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it takes a little bit of time. But, and I was, I, was doing, I was talking to some people, I think, earlier last week or something, and we were talking about, for me, the biggest part of it was I was not, emo- I don't think, or I was not emotionally ready slash stable to be able to deal with everything that comes with that. Like, you have to remember, like I was telling you, I'm from a small island, yeah. 400,000 people. 
I'm only hanging out basically with like my friends and family. I am the skinny kid, the kid that stutters, the kid that everybody is like, man, like you tall, like you cool, but I move from places to places. I don't really have stability. Like, hey, people like I'm realizing that I'm have an ability to see things and to understand things faster than people, but I'm bored very easily because nothing really gained my interest. And then all of a sudden, oh, I go from this kid that kind of like people look down upon a little bit to like, oh, I mastered basketball. Like, y'all think I'm cool now. Uh, which one is it? We, like, which one am I? Yeah. Right? And then you fast forward to dealing with the ramification of like your presence, like me becoming a professional impacts my family, impacts my friend, uh, the basketball agents. And you realize that your presence means so much yeah. to so many people. And you're like, I just want to play basketball and just go home. Like, that's all I really want to do. And I got to do all the other stuff. So it's like you're getting bombarded 24-7. Yeah. You step out of your door. So you, you, you kind of have to navigate through the public figure aspect and dealing with the fact that you are a regular human being and you got feelings and you got things that, you, that you're going through. Yeah. But people don't want me to hear about that. It's like, yo, bro, entertain me. Like, just play ball. You know, so that was, I think that was the difficulties, the emotional uh, uh, triggers that comes with a lot of money, a lot of attention. How do you deal with financial literacy? How do you deal with saying no? How do you deal with feeling like you got a lot of money in your bank account, but your family situation is fucked up? I'm sorry, I cussed. Oh, that's all uh, right. Swear all you want, man. I don't care. All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, basically, that's basically what it is. Like, how do you deal with all of that? And sometimes it's, you do good and sometimes you do bad. So I definitely had a couple of, a couple of each ones. Man, I, <laughs> it's just crazy. Like you're playing in cities like LA, like that must've just been nuts. Like it must've just, awesome. it must've been just like. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. What was your, what was your favorite? What was the city that impacted you the most? I don't want to ask you your favorite team or anything like that. Like what, like what, what impacted you the most? Like what city or what team did you really, you think is like, wow, that was, that was an experience, you know? That Honestly, was, all of them. All of them all in a different them, way? All of them impacted me in different ways. Yeah. No, no question, right? Yeah. I've learned from every single experience because they were not all positive. Yeah. But I think the one that I can look back upon that, that I think started it professionally, not college, right? But professionally. Yeah was the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> and, and the reason why is because I had an open heart surgery when I was 22. Dr. Bust wow. paid for my surgery. Uh, the whole city embraced me like, yo, you made it through. Like, good looking out. We're so excited to have you here. Then I've always been, like the little side note, I've always been fascinated by like the Asian culture slash meditation slash Eastern philosophy. Yeah. I get coached by Phil Jackson and he's like, yo, let's do meditation before the game. I'm like, yo, this is like epic. And you get to play in front of like superstars and movies and all that stuff yeah. that comes to watch you play. And they are like as hyped to meet you as you are as hyped to meet them. So that was like super cool. Uh, and also super sad at the same time because I didn't want to leave, but I had to make a choice, but that's for another story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Lakers for sure, man. 
That's cool. Yeah. And, and like you said before, a lot of people forget that you're a human being and you need to be able to, and this is what happens with celebrities and everybody, you know, like, man, they're human beings. They need to be able to go out and do things without having people everywhere. I mean, it's crazy, yeah. man. You think about it, they're like, oh yeah, they're getting paid lots of money. They, that doesn't matter. Like that doesn't, doesn't apply to them. It's like, are you serious? Like it's a human, man. Like they need the same thing as you Bro, do. It's you know? insane. It's insane. Just, I mean, it's a sad situation, but like what happened to Kevin Durant? Yeah. It's a perfect example of the dark twisted side of sports. Yeah. Like, bro, this guy just got hurt and you are actually waving him goodbye. You, you are actually like, what? Yeah. This is just sports, bro. Yeah. That's somebody well-being yeah. that we're talking about. And it's, I understand because that's the good part of sports as well. That when he's channeling, once again, we go back to the same thing that we talked about, yeah. channeling it to the right target. Yeah. Because sports can allow things to be channeled to the right thing, like yeah. you are doing, trying to inspire kiddos. Like yeah. some, I'm sure some of all of those people in the Toronto arena are doing and inspiring kids through sports and taking their kids and creating lifeless memories. Like this is dope. I'm not saying yeah. all of the Toronto people are bad. I'm just saying that's the dark side yeah. of sports that like damn come on bro like he's gonna he's gonna face like seven or eight months of gritty recovery come on yeah it's what um i, I wanted to ask you you talked about kind of like the meditation and the spirituality yeah. side of things yeah. um, now that's getting talked a lot more about now and it's how I, I mean i do that in my life meditating is like the best thing i've ever done in my life you know how how has the spiritual side of things and meditation and kind of working in, on yourself and maybe how has that impacted you? And maybe what are some of the non-negotiable things that kind of get you kind of primed and sort of high vibing so that you know, yeah. like you have a big day or you got something ahead that you can, you know, that this is what's going to get me in the zone, so, so to speak. That's, that, 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 that's huge. I think meditation for me right now, I would not say it gets me in the zone, uh, but cause I, I, the way that I view meditation is more into like, you know what, I aspire to be a better man. So let's get, let's get to work. And sometimes he rattles me because I, I get to face all sides of myself. Right. Um, so I think the zone for me is like a bigger space than just, I'm trying to attack this thing. I'm just trying to be a better person. That's basically at the end of the day, if I'm a better person, all my choices are, are going to be better. So. The spiritual side for me is actually something that has been at the core of, 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 my, of myself. I was raised by my mom that is a very spiritual person. Uh, she's installed, instilled those values in me. And that has also been like a bigger struggle for me because mm -hmm. not understanding like, okay, religion and, and what is happening in the world based on the name of religion and like trying to navigate through, through all of that. And, and it's actually pretty interesting because when I do see myself in very, uh, I would say committed way, uh, cause he goes in through waves. I'm not perfect with meditation and my spirituality. All of my choices are actually better in a sense. And when I don't, all of my choices are not necessarily as, as good. 
So for me, meditation became something very, very, very important right uh, when I decided to walk away at the game of basketball. I did my first uh, Vipassana 10-day Sana meditation retreat. And that le legitimately, my life prior to Vipassana and my life to after Vipassana. So I'm on, the, I'm on my path. Okay. I'm so glad you brought that up. Let's dive into that a bit, man, because... Let's do it. Uh, Come, on. Gra Come on. Michael Graziano, he's, he's been, he was talking to me about it. And he, he was telling me, like, man, we talked about it. And I, I, I feel like I'm being called to that now as well. I want to check yeah. it out. Can you dive into this a bit, man? Because this, this fascinates me. Like, this gets me so excited. <laughs> oh, man. Let's just, and I can't, I, I would not want to. So everybody is going to have a different experience. Yeah, for know. sure. Of course. You know, I've done four of them so far. Oh, wow. Um, uh. So my thing about Vipassana, the way that I can best describe it is, for me, is I walked into a, a room, turned on the light, I saw another Ronnie Turiaf in the room, I locked the door, threw the door out of the window, somebody has to come out. And who is coming out? And that's to me what Vipassana was. It was like, I had to face myself. I had to look at my dragon. I, I had to, I was forced to, in a sense, <laughs> to see things that I didn't really want to see or that were hidden or whatever. So it was a very, it's very intense. But uh, I would say one thing though, that I'm very grateful for, but there are many, but I can think that all of my work that I've done in my life, trying to salvage relationship and trying to own up to, to, to things or whatever, I'm very thankful for Vipassana because it gave me, I feel like it gave me the opportunity to create a little bit of space before I make decision. And to actually, I'm very happy and thankful that I can have a healthy relationship with my dad, for example, oh. uh, which was probably one of the biggest Achilles heel for me in my life. Uh, so I'm thankful for that for Vipassana, but it's real, man. It, it, you, it's, it's, it's work. <laughs> it's work. Yeah, that's, uh, man, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I just I'm, scored, I just touched bro, a nerve right there. I'm, I'm scared, bro. I'll admit it to you. I, I'm, I'm scared of what's gonna, what's gonna happen because yeah. I know what, I mean, I've, I've done an hour of straight meditation, which flew by. That's the longest yeah. I've done, Yeah. you know, and I know that it's just about facing yourself, you know, and it's like, I just, I don't know. Everybody, everybody says different things too. And that's the beautiful thing about it is I just, how can you sit for 10 days? Is it like this time sort of, is it challenging though? Like, is it challenging the whole time or do you sort of just get a groove or like, I mean, I don't know, man. I just, I'm trying to make sense of it and, and so. how, how you don't just walk out of there. And like, what are some of the struggles you go through during yeah. I mean, bro, like it's, it's real. Like it's arguably, arguably, right? Yeah. Because I don't want to speak indefinite. The hardest thing that I have to do. <laughs> like it's easy for me to practice basketball for like 10 hours. Yeah. It's easy. I mean, yeah. it's hard, but okay, cool. Done. Say yeah. no more. Oh, yeah. No problem. Okay. But for me, all of my experiences were different. 
Yeah. I know my first one, I think about, I thought about working out like maybe like every day or every other day. <laughs> but then I'm like, nah, nah, keep going, nah. And it's, a, it's to me, Vipassana is a micro, a, 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 a micro world of what we get to face every day. Yeah. I mean, you, we talked briefly on the phone and we talked, we, we messaged. We know what we had to overcome. We overcame some stuff. So yeah. it's no different than just Vipassana. It just so happened that it's a condensed version of it. But it's the same thing that you just live in it back to back to back to back to back to back. And you get into groove at some points. And in other days, you feel like you're about to explode. And that's part of life, right? You don't have perfect days every day. And it's the same thing. And to me, like my first one, I jumped into it. Kind of like what I do all the time. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to expect. I'm going to go for it. Who cares? Eh, I go for it. Yeah. And I literally was like, what did I get myself into, bro? Yeah. Yo. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I'm here. Let's just finish this shit out. Yeah. Okay. And I've been going for it. And it's an amazing journey. I've been hearing about that and a lot about plant medicine, about kind of yes, tapping sir. in. And yes, sir. Yes, sir. The, the plant medicine also fascinates me as yes, well, sir. is that yes, we're just these creatures, you know, <laughs> and sure. we can tap into these things. And I just, what are your thoughts? Have you done any journeys with that stuff or like thought about it? Or what's your thought about doing that and kind of tapping into that, whatever that is? Yeah, yeah. I've definitely had thoughts about yeah. the plant medicine, right? Uh uh, however, this is not something that is like kind of like on my radar at yeah. the at the moment. Yeah. But to me, it's very fascinating because I think I was in a, a couple of days ago. I was in a Orlando talking to someone that I really wanted to meet, and he said something to me, and he was like, "That stuck with me," and I keep repeating it to everybody. He was like, "Ronnie, the Earth slash universe has been taking care of itself and has been going on for thirteen point five billion years do you think you got it figure it out do you think you can alter life and just direct life and when he said that i was like and i'm usually a very cynical realist person sometimes i was like huh actually bro the way that you broke it down for me you're right so now when i think about the plant medicine when i think about what is available out there i'm like wow there is an element of beauty and truth and something that is bigger than me that I think I want to honor. I yeah. want to be able to just learn it. And actually, the, for me, honor, and I'm very big, like I was telling you about the Asian culture, on respect, yeah. like the, the, the summarized way, like to me, tombo, like it's very in my mind because I'm like, okay, if I go into a situation with honor and respect, only good things come out of that. You know what I mean? So I think that's mm -hmm. why if you go into those premedicine thing with this honor and respect about the experience and actually doing the work. I think only good thing can come out of it. Have you been to Japan? Is that what you're, yeah, yes, that's man. That's yeah. number one on my list. I want to go. Ah, where, where, go. Where did you go, man? Which place? I did, uh, I did, a, I did the 10 days telemeditation in, uh, outside of Tokyo. Oh, you did it in Japan. I, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that spiritual. In, in a, wow. It was, it was surreal. I was in a cul-de-sac in the middle of nowhere, in like the mountain in Japan. It was pretty epic. I met some really cool people wow. and I actually served there. And it was so interesting because I give you an example, right? 
So uh, I'm serving other people, which is a hard thing for me to do because it's actually putting me on the other side, right? Mm. Of serving people. I don't speak the language. I'm asked to cook. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to communicate yeah. with people if they don't speak English or my language. I'm like, oh, people didn't know how to communicate with me too. And I'm starting to notice like when I don't know how to do something, I get mad or when I can't communicate, I get mad. But then I'm like so thankful to just be able to hear sound and I can't talk. And I'm like, holy crap. So Japan was crazy to me, but I love Japan. I could go back there. I mean, I could live there. I mean, we don't know yeah. what's going to happen in the future, but Japan is surreal. So I did Tokyo, Kyoto, Hiroshima, and uh, I did one of the other cities, but I just wanted to explore. I did it by myself with basketball and with a dear friend of mine that is as crazy as me, and I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, they, there's something about I always say it. They're the most respectful, cleanest, nicest people. Like they're Unreal. just... Unreal. It blows my mind. The food is amazing. Like there's a huge Asian um, influence here. Like they do a lot of in Vancouver, tons of like, you know, Japanese infusions and all this crazy stuff. That's just yeah. amazing, you know, and like yeah. some of the, some of the sushi and the sashimi that we have is just like, yeah. you know. but you know what's so funny, bro? I'd say, I'd say one thing. And the only reason why I'm saying this story, because I want to give a shout out to one of my friends. Yeah. His name is Koichi. Yeah. Japanese guy. We was together in Washington. Yeah. He was like, Ron, I do not eat sushi in America. I don't, I don't. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, bro, that is not real sushi. And he's a guy that is like super yeah. dedicated, nothing. And I'm like, whatever, bro, get out of here, man. I was like, one day I'll come. <laughs> you're going to take me to like a cool sushi restaurant. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. what? Bro. Yeah. He like there's a documentary called Jiro sushi, Dream of Sushi on Netflix. Check yeah. it out if you haven't checked it out. But he took me to like a restaurant that is kind of like Jiro. But yeah. I was like, I looked at him and I was like, Koichi, I would like to apologize to you, bro. <laughs> I, I understand what you mean. <laughs> How is it different? Like what, what's like, I mean, in, in, what is it just like the quality of fish or is it like the, like what, 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 what stood I out? I think in, uh, what stood out, I think is the level of, care ah uh, yeah dedication yeah that they put into their craft bro yeah man because also i was in bartending for so many years i ran cocktail bars actually ran one in sydney australia and i was fascinated by the japanese on how they're like you watch somebody make a cocktail in japan they freaking take the the buck the big ice and they chip it down they there's like this art form to get this little yes. to get this little round cube for like an old fashioned or something. So, and it's like, it's mind boggling because everything they do is like a process in this amazing attention to detail. It's an art. Yes. Everything is an art. And I was everything. fascinated. Their whiskey was amazing from everything down to their ice and how they do things and their style. And like, it's just like, it's a, yeah, it, I, I, I totally get what you mean. I got to go there, man. Like, yeah, you definitely do, bro. I mean, if you go, let me just tell you something. And I tell people this all the time. I am the best and the worst person to tell that you want to do something. Yeah. Because let me tell you, now that I know that you want to go to Japan, bro, yeah. I'm going to be at your neck, your rib. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this, bro. Yeah. Let's do this. For sure, man. Yeah, my, uh, my girlfriend really wants to go there too. And uh, Say no more. Let's do yeah, this. man, we got to do it. What, um, have you been, okay, so now 
you're, yes. you know, you've, you've pivoted out of basketball, you know, yeah. you're, you're traveling around. What are you up yeah. to, man? Like what, what's going on? Where are you traveling? Like, let, let's, let's talk about President. Yeah, for sure. So definitely. So when I retired, I made a promise to myself that I was going to honor my inner child. That's basically what it is. My inner child didn't want to play basketball, but I wanted to take care of my family. I wanted to take care of my mom because she took care of me in the most difficult time of my life at all time, 24-7. So uh, I had one dream as a kid or one vision or one feeling, something that happened. Two things. I jumped into an airplane when I was 10 or 11, and that feeling of awe never left me. I was like, man, this is amazing to be on an airplane. This is crazy, right? Mm. And I used to live in a, a low-income neighborhood after being homeless for like four or five years or whatever, where I would see the airplane fly out and flying all the time. So my inner child, oh, the sense of awe, the airplane, I'm like, oh my God, I just want to hop skip from country to country. Now, fast forward, I retired, and I decided to go meet every single inspiring people that I think of or that I read or that I've seen on TV or I watch a documentary. So that's what I've been doing for about four or five years. Uh, I met with some incredible people that have gifted me the most precious thing ever is their time. And I sat down with them and spent afternoon. I did it by myself. I did it with other people, which is magical. And it was amazing. And last year, I got a little bit of a, I would say, intuition that said, Ronnie, I think it's time for you to settle up not settle down. I want to shout out to one of my friends that told me that. I want to build a container to invite all of those amazing people that I've actually connected with and bring them together so we can all connect. And I was like, holy cow. I think that's what my, pur what my purpose is supposed to be. So that's basically what I've been up to. And now uh, I can't wait for you and uh, wifey to come uh, and visit it. Uh, but it's basically like uh, my the house slash artist residency slash container for juicy, amazing stuff uh, to happen. And uh, we hosted, I've hosted with my friends about, I think, seven to ten different artists, people that just want to come to the house and hang out, be away from technology and just connect and create. Yeah. So that's basically what, I, what I'm up to. And just realizing that my purpose in life is to serve other people. Like yeah. I was telling you earlier, like, yeah. I just want to hang out. I just want to hang out and choose the right targets. So that's what yeah. I try to do every day. That's awesome, man, because there's so many amazing people doing amazing things out there. And to be able to connect yes, with sir. them on a personal level is... Yes, sir. So, okay, well, obviously you must, you know, you read a lot and you, you connect with these different people. So who have been some ones that you have, have really been, um, like, who who like let's maybe jump into one like one that you really wanted to meet like an author or something that really sparked something in you that you got to meet that that you were like wow this is okay okay i, I, I give it to you i think i would start first with the person that i want to meet and that you have the writing on your on your whiteboard in the back i really want to meet don miguel ruiz oh, yeah. um <laughs> I've talked to him and his son a couple of times on Instagram, but I want to sit down with them because I think it's fascinating what he has yeah. in store. Uh, but I just met with uh, Michael Singer, okay. uh, Mickey, that wrote The Surrender Experiment. And, and the reason why I want to talk about him is because he's the one that told me about the 13.5 billion years. He's the one that built uh, multi-million dollar businesses and also 
stuck to his core values of meditating and creating a container for amazing people to connect. But the more important part why do I want to talk about him is because I believe in books. I believe in sharing. I believe in community. I believe in hanging out, right? So four years ago, I meet this guy in the middle of nowhere, the festival that I went to meet an inspiring person. And this guy stops me and we talk about life. We talk about the struggle. We talk about overcoming things and about the importance of having male friends and just male aspiring to push you to go towards their dream. And he's the one that told me about the book. If it wasn't my friend Mordecai to tell me about the book, I wouldn't be here talking to you about it, right? So Michael was, a, was an amazing guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I just met with this amazing, amazing, amazing architect named Ricardo Bofill in Barcelona. And I got to share that experience with uh, two friends of mine after we went to watch some soccer, uh, some crazy soccer between Barcelona and PSG. I met with this guy in Toronto named Reggie Hart, and he has basically like a small movie theater at his house, and he shows movies every day, and he talks about the movies at his house. I slept on the floor at his house. Uh, I met my friend uh, Stephen Brooks in Costa Rica that does Permaculture Farm. I mean, I could just, I get so hyped just talking about those people because what happened to me is after I retired and I went to this conference because I met some random people, on the airport called Awesomeness Fest. I realized like, holy cow, my scope of, my scope of reference is, was so small because I had to focus into basketball, but there was, so much, there was so much going on out there that I want to be able to tap into and discover and just connect with. So let's just go and do it. So I got my backpack and I just left. That's amazing. And I, I know what you mean too, because when you're, you're in that, there's one way of thinking and you get around those people that think this way. But then when you start to think, connect with people that think differently than what you're used to, it's like, and the more conversations you have of that high vibration, you start to just connect with more of these kind of people. And I've really noticed that with this podcast, you know, I connect, I have these amazing conversations with people like yourself that just, I get fired up from, man. I literally have like, I get goosebumps and like fired up by the end of these. And I just love it because you're putting that energy out there and you're connecting with these people and it's, you're creating this massive energy of this wave of yes, different, different things that people, if one person hears it, you know, could, could shift their entire perspective. And you are, you're, it's like you're a student of life. And when you look at it, like being a student of life, each person you can learn from them. And it's, yes, it's like, we're all the same, but we're different, but we all want the same thing. Yes, sir. You know, it's magical. you realize that and you're like, wow, I can really learn from this person. You know, it's, it's, it's magical, bro. I mean, what you just said right there, I can just learn from this person. Yeah. Like, I just think about that for one second, right? Yeah. You and I multiplied by, let's say, one billion people. Yeah. Decided today that every single interaction that we've had with someone different than us, <laughs> We chose to honor their gift and try to learn something from them. Yeah. Just think about how powerful that would be, bro. Yeah. That's insane. Yes, we are different. Fact. True. Yes. Okay. But you know what? What can I learn from you? If all of us did that. Yeah. It would be surreal. Yeah. Surreal. Like what? Are you kidding me? And that's what 
retiring from the rat race that I was in, in basketball, and studying with those people, that's what I saw. I was like, holy shit. We are all inspired by each other, yet we don't have the time, the energy, or the opportunity to be able to exchange. That's all that needs to happen. It's magical when you have two people crossing paths, crossing their energy. It's magical. I don't know. I get hyped. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. No, I love it. You, you, you get me pumped up. And I love what you're talking about, bringing these people together. Because think of what you create with that energy. We're all just energy. Yes, sir. That's all we are. Yes, sir. <laughs> and having those, like, those minds. I mean, I, I, went to, I did my first yoga retreat in the, in the Baja a few months back. And just okay. that, that was the first time I actually had, you know, 10 different minds kind of focused on we did kundalini yoga, like crazy stuff, man. Nice. And, and like just focused on goals and just focused on all these different levels, these layers. And I felt like I peeled back so many layers. And when I left there, I really felt this sense of like this love that I hadn't had, in a, like connectedness in this, like, I can't even explain it, but it was that like group, that consistent mindset of, of people thinking at this high vibration that just created this this, I don't know what it was, man. I can't even explain it. And that was my first time. Yeah. It was like my first time ever having that. And then now I'm like, man, the more you can have those experiences with those kind of people, like, and have these things where people are channeling this energy, having these conversations, you're learning only good things can happen. Right. It's like, why not have that every day, bro? Yeah, I know. No doubt. No doubt. Think think about it. Think about it. Like, we could yeah. legitimately create and focus on create. That should be our daily lives. Yeah, man. Like, come yeah. on, bro. Yeah. Like, come on, man. We have the opportunity to yeah. be able to create that. And we are doing that right now at this specific moment by actually talking about it. Absolutely. We are doing it right now. Okay, cool. Yes, you're right. Like, oh, shit. Our life right now, your life and my life are going to be different yeah based on this conversation right now isn't that crazy when you think about it? <laughs> fucking mess are you kidding me what yeah our lives are different your life will never be the same and not to say that i am important or that you are important it's like no we both are present in yeah. life impact other people have you have you thought about starting a show of your own uh, I'm working through that. I'm working man, through that. Okay, okay, good. Because you, you got it, man. Like <laughs> I, have, I have to fight. Because the thing about it is, like that's what the pastor that taught me. If and I'm gonna speak about myself as a joke. This is not me speaking about myself no. as the third person, right? No. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> what I learned is like if Ronnie Turiaf does not focus on making the right decision, I just think about myself and I miss the bigger picture. So about the show, if I focus about myself, oh, sure, I put a PowerPoint together, I send it to somebody, give me some money, I'll do it, da 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 da. If I think about, okay, what do I wanna do? And how do I wanna impact other people? How can I bring other people with me? So it's not about me. So that's what I'm working through the process of that right now because <laughs> i know myself that's now. a form of adversity too you're going through man i love it like there's so many of these things you're growing you're you're dancing with it man you're dancing with adversity you're working with it you know 
Every day, bro. Every day. I mean, Love it, I would be lying my ass off yeah. if I did not acknowledge yeah. that I'm working through adversity every day. Amazing. And that's and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Where can everybody find you, man? Where's a good place to check you out? And let's get you plugged in here. Yeah. If people if people want to check me out, they can just check me out on Instagram. I mean, that's where I'm not very hip on the social media stuff, to be honest. Uh because uh, I kind of like to just, uh, I mean, I have the confession to make about that. I think I'm a little bit of an introvert slash antisocial. I don't really know sometimes how to interact with people unless it's face to face. Yeah. I'm like, uh, what do I say? What do yeah. I do? Yeah. I don't know what you mean. So, uh, but the way I respond the most is definitely on, on Instagram. And I'm looking forward to connecting with people because what I found is the more, I think my job on this earth is to express my truth, right? Yeah. Whatever that may be, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? And I've had some really cool interaction with people that I, I would have never met mm. only because I share my truth in a platform. So I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity because I'm hoping that some really random person is going to reach out and be like, yo, bro. I heard your stuff and I'm like, oh, thank you for reaching out because my life is changed. I'll talk to you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Instagram is the best. Ronnie Turia, R O N N Y, R O N N Y T U R I A F. That's my name. And let's talk. Awesome, man. Yeah, you're, I love it. You're very easy to talk to. You know, you got lots of energy because when, you, when you're doing this, not everybody has that. You don't have that, that flow and that energy. But a lot of people don't, man. And having that with you is like awesome. And I mean, it's already almost been an hour and it just flew by. It's, uh, yes, sir. We'll yes, have sir. to, I think we'll, that's, that's a, let's do it. We'll have to do another round two down the road, man, and see, uh, see, see where we're at. Can we, can we do it live and direct uh, from yes. the house? You and I? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, absolutely. That's the next step because I want to do in person. It's just I'm not set up yes. that yet. But let's do that. And then, and then I'll, I'll just tip it a step further. We can do a third round yeah. with other people in Japan. Oh. That's it. We've put it out there. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I got, I got, some sushi. I got one, one question I ask everybody. I, like, as you know, so, I don't have, I just, I always ask one and it's at the end, you know, yeah. what's the one tip that you can give the listeners for overcoming yeah. adversity? I know you've had it in different forms of your life growing up through MBA after MBA right now. But what is the one thing that you can, you can give them as a tip, a roadmap to help them get through adversity, to go on to become successful in whatever they're doing? The, the great question. Um, I think the one tip that I will give them is follow your intuition, bro. Follow your intuition, man. It's that weirdly, I don't know how to explain it, that weirdly enough is 99.99999 gonna lead you into the right direction it might not be a immediate quote-unquote success but it was gonna lead you in the right way to take you in places that you could have never imagined possible i think that's my one tip bro awesome man that's awesome that's huge follow your intuition that gut that that thing telling you Ooh. like it's amazing because we try and shut that off sometimes and it's like no hey that's, that's important. So that's, thank you. Man. I think it's the most important. Man. Yeah. I think it's the most important. And it's, it, I mean, just talking about it and I know we are at the end, but just talking about it, like I wrote a poem 
about that stuff. And I even, I even put like a, that voice as like the cranking at the depth of my soul. It's like, regardless of how much you want to just put that stuff down, it's still going to call you. you be like, bro, 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 bro. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I might as well just listen to you right away because uh, if I don't listen to you, then I get mad and I get upset. Let me just listen to you and let's go. Let's have some fun with it, you know? How, this is interesting. How do you differentiate a gut feeling from like just an impulse or like, okay, so there's that, that sort of, you have the gut feeling, but then you also have an impulse, like maybe I should do this, but you don't know if it's the same thing. You know, how do you sure. differentiate that? Like, honestly, trout and error. Yeah. Yeah. I try stuff. Okay. Boom. And now what I do know for myself, when I, when I, my intuition is completely different because my intuition is something that I feel really yeah. deep in my belly and over the mental chatter that I may have. Right. Like right now I feel like continuing this conversation. That's an impulse. Yeah. The depth mm -hmm. of my belly right now is telling me, bro, you was fighting to tell about your story. See, you went through it and you just made an impact in someone's life. Somebody impacted you. See what happened? Oh, okay. So now I'm like, okay, that's what happened. Now I have another set of data for my own self, not to self a big brother, uh, but to, uh, for me. And I think that's what helps me kind of like make the better choices. Yeah. You know, because it's so interesting. I think that's what meditation has to do too. It kind of shuts that noise off, that, yeah. that chatterbox in your head and kind of allows you to kind of go within it, what the actual heartful meaning is instead of yes, your sir. head, right? Yes, sir. And I think it's, it's kind of like what I talked about earlier is for me, for my life, my mental chatter is going on 24-7. It's overwhelming for me. However, when I am locked into my meditation practice, the mental chatter just pass by. And, and I create the space in between that. So I'm like, oh, that's my mental chatter. Hey, yeah, nice yeah. to see you, buddy. But my belly is telling me, yeah, this is it. This is what you're oh. doing. And I feel like when I do that, I really honestly, and I know it's going to sound a little bit cuckoo, but yeah. that's how I feel. And I don't care. I mean, I do care. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I am in heaven on earth because I feel like in symbiosis with everything around me. And I'm like, whoa, something is happening there. And then I just get into the mental chatter and I'm like, oh, I'm out of it. Ah, shit. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you mean when meditating. Yeah, yeah. when meditating, even, even in my daily life. Too. Oh, daily life too, yeah. But you tap into that more you meditate, the more you can tap into that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I love that beautiful state that you're in in meditation where it's like you're half asleep, but you're half not, but you know, you feel this blissful feeling, but then you think about it and then it goes away and you're like, shit, I want to go back to that. It's so weird. Cause when, as soon as you notice that, that you're like, Whoa, this is amazing. Then it goes away. And you're like, yeah. I should have yeah. just, you know, it's like, yeah, for sure. I, I get it. Trust me. You're preaching, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir, bro. Yeah, man. I'm right yeah. It's, uh, man, fascinating, fascinating stuff. And yeah, I really appreciate this, man. Taking the time out to drop value with everybody. And we're going to impact some people with this. And this is only the beginning. We're going to, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do next. And um, what, looking forward to following your journey, man, because Thank you. 
you're an amazing character, man. You're going through so many things. You've done so many things and I just love the story and I, I love seeing where you're going, man. So I appreciate awesome. you. And, and I want to, I want to, I want to just really, um, I hope that I can plant a seed now in you to continue with the, the path that you're on because it, it's a path that is very, I think it's very necessary to be able to create that common knowledge and that bridge between people to understand that we are all facing adversity. We are all striving to, to conquer that adversity. And the more that we can empower each other and be there for each other. And I think the, the not the easier it will be, but the more understanding we will have. And I think so many times we want to only talk about the good things or whatever it may be. But it's like, no, we got to go through shit to understand yeah. that. Oh, okay. That's me. Oh, I can smell the roses now. I can understand what it's like to have a beautiful relationship. And I think that's what it's a beautiful space to create. So really uh, keep doing what you're doing, bro. Cause we all need that. We, all of us. Thank you, man. I really, really appreciate it. It means a lot. And yeah, I just, I just, you know, created this out of my own story, out of my own shit in my own life that I went through and it's kind of turned into this and now I'm able to connect and, and yeah, I truly thank you, man. I appreciate that. Keep, keep striving. Keep striving, thank bro. You. All right, yeah. everybody. Ronnie Turiaf, everybody. Make sure you check him out. Absolute legend and watch his journey because he's doing amazing things. So thanks very much, everybody. Oh, boom. That was a good, ch that was a good chat. Ronnie is the man. Such a good conversation. Such a legit dude. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed recording it. And as always, if you got value, share it with your friends. Tell people about it. You know, review, subscribe, all that stuff, guys, helps grow this. Because let's be honest, we want to help people. I want to help people. I want to get this in many lives as possible. So do your part as well and share it if you love it. If you, if you got value, let us know. I love you guys. I truly do. I love you, all my listeners. I appreciate you. Have an amazing day. We will catch you next time. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.